0: Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Bubba McDowell got the head coaching job at Prairie View. Any more, of my friends want a head coaching job? You? You? Anybody want to coach? The answer to all your questions is money. 15 seasons, never a losing record. That would only intensify my dislike for that organization. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown. You know old Sam, he jumped on his boss again.
1: I grew up in a time when you got your head knocked off. They don't play that brand of football anymore. You beat me up last night. I went to bed feeling fine. <laughs> (laughs) He has been involved in some things that have not been rational. You just can't trust him.
0: You know, D-Wade, you know that I am a cowboy hater.
1: We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region.
2: Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin
0: Wade podcast. Oh!
2: Mama, there
0: goes that
2: man. Beautiful.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, star our show.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are here. This is another wonderful episode, and if this is your first time, welcome aboard. Please make us a part of your podcast menu. And once you listen, you can make comments, rate us, do all of this stuff. We need the feedback. We need to hear from you guys. And I look forward to hearing from you. And we've set up several ways to be interactive with this show. So if you are a boy for the first time, or if you've been here and you've not interacted, please hit your boy up. And the ways that you can do that, I have a 24 hour a day sports line. It's 832. 832- That's 832-941-6614. Leave a comment, a question, a suggestion, whatever you want to do, 24 hours a day, leave a message, and you might end up on the very next podcast. In addition to that, you used to be able to go to the website. Website is down. I'll tell you a little bit more. I'll give you a, a website update in, in just a little bit. But in addition to that, you can go to Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. You can join the group and be a part of it and interact in that way. In addition to that, it's a uh, the fan page. You can like the fan page as well. And you can also hit me up on Twitter, At Wade's Word. That's Twitter at Wade's Word. So all of those ways are ways to get involved and interactive with the show. Now, this time out, to get us ready for the NFL playoffs, we are going to talk to our guy, the newest member of the special teams unit, Reggie Brown. We will also have DJ Anarchy on the mix. We will have some headlines. We will have a segment. I am bringing back something. I have a huge surprise for you at the end of the show. Anybody who listened to Sports Talk with Devin Wade on KTSU, before it became KTSU Sports Talk, when it was Sports Talk with Devin Wade, if you've been a long time, and many of my listeners have been long time, they've ridden with me for years. They've been long time listeners. I certainly appreciate that. And you're going to love what we have coming up at the end of the show. And if you don't know, I think you'll get a sense of some of the things that we used to do when we were really figuring a lot of stuff out. We just did whatever we wanted to do. We had coverage that way. This was on radio. This was pre-podcast. And so we're going to bring this back. I don't have an intro for it for the segment, but we'll have one. But that's coming up at the end of the show. So a lot to get into. We may or may not do a Lamont Award, but more importantly, there's a lot going on in the world of sports. We want to kind of get you caught up and give you our take. So with that, let's get started with some headlines. in headlines it's about the nfl playoffs they are just about set to begin it starts with the raiders at cincinnati There are a lot of really it, it's wide open it's as wide open as i remember it being i think maybe you look at tampa and don't feel real great about them minus chris godwin and also antonio brown when will be back so in the nfc You say, okay, sometimes you have to say, uh, to be the champ, you have to beat the champ. But I don't know. I guess you do. But remember, the World to the Super Bowl last year went through Green Bay. Green Bay is the number one seed. They have a bye week. Do they look invincible? I don't think they look invincible. And it'll be interesting to see who has to go up there to play Green Bay in the NFC Championship if they're able to get past, what, the Rams or the Arizona Cardinals? I don't know. We'll have to see, but I will tell you this: in the AFC, wide, wide open. Kansas City, I think they, I think you gotta favor them. They're not the number one seed. Tennessee is. Is Tennessee still what Tennessee can be? Even if Derrick Henry is able to come back, I don't think Derrick Henry can come back and be what he normally is. But does that is that enough? Do you believe in Tennessee? Do you really believe in Tennessee like that? I don't. So it's wide open. You have teams that could jump up and do something like the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Wait a minute. I I tried to say that with a straight face. I tried to be straight faced with that and and couldn't do it. Uh, But I would say this. No, I mean, they have a legit chance. They have to get past Tampa Bay and Green Bay or possibly Philadelphia. So they have uh, their work cut out for them. But – They have as good a team as any on offense, and they have the rising young defensive star, Michael Parsons. So, I mean, it's a lot that they have going for them. The one thing that they have going against them is that they are the Dallas Cowboys. So, let's get down to the games and the matchups themselves. Cincinnati, that's an, I would say, enigmatic. They're not a mystery. They're just unproven. So, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. I mean, it's easy to lean on the fact that they get into the playoffs and fail, flame out really, really quickly. I think the Texans beat them two or three years in a row on wild card weekend. So it's easy to lean back on their history of not doing well in the playoffs. And, of course, Marv Lewis was the coach then, new coach, and a superstar quarterback and Joe Burrow, and a superstar wide receiver in Jamar Chase. They have Tyler Boyd, Higgins. So they have talent, Uzma at tight end, and we'll have to see. I am actually going to favor the Las Vegas Raiders in this game. Don't ask me why. I'm not a Raiders fan. But you have to say, man, this team won the last two games that they needed to win to get into the playoffs. So they, in a way, they've been playing playoff football already. So maybe they can go. I don't, you know, weather in, in these things are always a factor. So we'll have to see what happens. With weather, and if uh, the Raiders can show up on the road in a cold, hostile environment. The other game, Saturday, the Buffalo Bills host New England Patriots in the Cold Bowl. It'll be below zero, I guess, with the wind chill factor for sure. It'll be near zero. At kickoff so it's going to be a really really miserable evening of football can't wait to see what that will look like and can Bill Belichick and the rookie quarterback Mac Jones go into Buffalo again for the second time this year and come up with a victory I'm going to say no I think Mac Jones will turn over the football I think uh, Buffalo will dominate I, I think I mean I I don't think that they will blow them out but they will handle them and I don't think the outcome will be in question probably early second half. I'm going to say that. You know, So we'll see how that goes. On Sunday, you have the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Not a great matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. It's just not. You talk about a team that's very physical, very big, loves to run the football. You can sort of neutralize that pass rush because – You'll be doing stuff off bootlegging, and everything will be based off play action. There's ways to exploit the over-aggressive Dallas defense. There are ways to take Trayvon Diggs out of the game. A lot of stuff is going to be in the middle of the field. So you'll look at Kittle doing work, Brandon Ayuk, also Debo Samuel and how they use him, the creative ways that they can utilize him I think there's a bad matchup for Dallas actually I think there's a pathway to victory for the Dallas Cowboys since when we want to talk about pathways to victory I think they can if they get out to a early start offensively and get up a touchdown or two or double digits early I think that they can force the 49ers to play a game they may not want to play but if they get behind And you know the energy in that building is going to be palpable and there's going to be a lot of nervous folks. And that will I'm telling you, that will permeate down to the team and you'll start to see some miscues and people are like, oh, it's not happening again. Oh, my gosh, we cannot be losing. We win the Super Bowl every year with the Dallas Cowboys. You'll see the panic sort of wash over Jerry World. Uh, But I'll tell you what, I'm picking San Francisco to win this game. This will be a train wreck that everyone has to watch. Now, Kansas City. Kansas City is the team that, hey, man, to beat the champs, you got to beat the champs. They're the champs of the AFC at least. And uh, although they have not looked like themselves and they've been winning in different ways and they're injured, I think that you, they have as good a chance as anybody to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. What I do think is that Pittsburgh will cover the spread. This is Big Ben's last game. Mike Tomlin is such a great coach, man. He is such a great coach. This is not a good football team. Then you add on injuries. Then you add on a quarterback that's shot. Ben Roethlisberger is shot. He's not the guy that he was. Although, I was say in overtime versus the Ravens, this dude had like three or four huge plays. I'm talking about a third and eight, a third and nine, a fourth and eight, and converted on all of those. And it might have been more than that. I forget the exact number, but not only did he convert, I mean, he got the passes where they needed to be. For that flash, he looked great. But he may be welcoming back Juju Smith-Schuster. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I think that they have nothing in the world to lose. They are not. They not really were not even supposed to be here, and they're not expected to do anything. So when you play like that, you can be loosey goosey. Let's see if Najee Harris is going to be healthy enough to go, and if Smith-Schuster can go and see what Big Ben has left. So they'll have to figure that out to see if they can advance. Also, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, I think that's the, the game that – and although some people have expressed a little hesitancy there, I think that is the team that's probably the biggest favorite. What do you think? Is that the team the, the biggest favorite? I don't know. I think I, I would think so. In addition to that, Monday night, what do you think of men Monday night playoff football? I will tell you this the Rams and the Arizona Cardinals limp into these playoffs, and I don't know who to pick because you want to believe in the Rams, and they'll play a first half that was just, mm, just fantastic last week versus the San Francisco 49ers. And then you come back and let them beat you. And you you throw this horrible interception intended for Odell Beckham. Stafford is looking, you know, he's just inconsistent. You just don't know half to half how he's going to play. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm going to take the Rams. So let's run this down real quick. So I have the Raiders, the 49ers, the Bills, Tampa Bay. I have Kansas City. And I have the Rams. Those are my picks. Also making big news. We talk about what a great coach Mike Tomlin is. Well, he has to be a great coach because he's the only one of his kind. He's the only African-American coach left in the NFL after the Houston Texans fired David Culley after one year. That has been the source of a lot of conversation. And it makes the organization look ridiculous. And a lot of people feel bad for David Culley, who was given an impossible set of circumstances to succeed. He had a quarterback that got hurt and didn't play well when he came back. You had running backs that they got shipped out, including Mark Ingram, Phillip Lindsay. You had Zach Cunningham let go. Whitney Merciless was out of there. And no Deshaun Watson. But here's the silver lining. If you're David Culley, you're 65 years old, you knew what it was. You knew that this was not a job that they were like, this is the future. He's the face of our franchise. You knew you were there to take those hits and take those bullets. But what you got in return was the greatest retirement package I can think of in sports. He got $22 million that he'll be paid by the Texans organization for coaching one year. So while it's embarrassing to him, I think he went into it eyes wide open. I, you cannot be in the NFL that long and not know how it goes. And he knew. And the thing is, he knew all of that and still didn't mail it in. Those teams were competitive. They beat uh, the Chargers, dominated the Chargers, what probably kept them out of the playoffs. Ultimately, they that loss did because that's a win you take for granted. And then, uh, you of course, they lose in overtime to the Raiders. But if you beat the Texans, It's a different conversation. So they beat the Chargers. They also beat Tennessee in Tennessee, and they almost beat them again at home. So they were very competitive, only four wins, but that matches the total from the previous season under the guard, Bill (laughs) O'Brien. So, so, you know, I I just think that he really developed Uh, Davis Mills. He had that team fighting and competitive down to the very last play of the very last quarter. So kudos to him for a job well done. I think in NFL circles, I think he'll get a lot of respect from people who know and understand what it is. The public, we have, and even people inside of football, you look at the, the Texans, and you just give me one thing that indicates that this team knows what the hell they're doing. Give me one example of, yeah, we're on the way back. Give me one. I mean, you still not resolved the Deshaun Watson issue. Jack Easterby is still around that organization. We can have, And the GM is treating the team like Madden. He wants to have on a headset and work on game plans. You, if you got to do all that, man, you coach the team. You want to be coaching GM, you do that. There's no sign that this organization has any competent people in there handling things. Now, we'll see. If they make the right hire at the head coach, which it may be Brian Flores, he was the other African-American coach let go after two winning seasons in Miami, a four and two record over the new England Patriots. And you've, Done what you're supposed to do with inferior talent, especially on the offensive line. It'll take Reggie to talk more about that situation. We'll talk about that with him. But also, you hear some things that, you know, he really wanted to take over control of a lot of things in that organization. And I think, ultimately, that ruffled some feathers and he's out. He may be here in Houston. We don't know yet. But I will tell you this. He is a, a hot coaching commodity. And there are several other African-American coaches. And, again, this is only a big deal because you have a majority of African-American work for it. I think it's 60%. Initially, I thought 80 but that's basketball with 80%. Football, I think, is around 60%. You mean to tell me that you have guys that have been committed to this as professionals and not many of them are ascending to the highest position in the organization. You can talk about general managers and shout out to my former fellow Marion Christian fighting Colt. I'm talking about the vice president of player personnel for the Dallas Cowboys. Will McClay. He is, uh, he signed an extension in Dallas. He helped build a really, really good team talent wise. Over there, You talk about some of the guys, they have Michael Parsons, you have Diggs, you have, I mean, Dak, you got Dak. You have those tight ends, Schultz and Jarwin. You have uh, Amari Cooper you acquired. You have C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and Cedric Will. You have talent on that team, and he helped put all of that together over the last few years. So congratulations to him. But the figurehead of the organization is the head coach. That's the highest position in the organization publicly. Now, in reality, obviously, team presidents, GMs, and owners are, are much more important, but you, the face of the franchise is the head coach. And you mean to tell me out of all of these guys that dedicate their lives to this game, they know the game inside and out, Hall of Famers, and guys who are dedicated to trying to uh, be coaches, you mean no, none of those guys can ascend to a head coaching position? All of these coordinators, Eric Enemy, Brian Lethwich, Aaron Glenn, D'Amico Ryans, so many guys, and these are just guys off the top of my head, not to mention like a Lovey Smith getting another chance or Jim Caldwell or Leslie Frazier. They're guys out there. You don't want, and look, no one wants a black coach just to be named head coach, just to be named head coach. And it kind of felt like that with David Curly, that he was never a coordinator in this league. He was never interviewed to be a head coach. I don't know. I just think that we want, I think everybody wants equality and what's fair i mean it's not even about you know just because you mean to tell me and when all of these people in all these organizations you don't have more than one out of 32 competent and capable to be head coaches in this league when you have guys like mike mike tomlin has been successful you have a guy like lovey smith took his team to the super bowl you have a guy like tony dungy who's won a super bowl you, I mean, I, I just don't know. It, it just seems like what it is. And I'm not naive. I understand what it is. But also the NFL has to understand that this is a horrible, horrible look for them. And it just makes everything they do along race relations and, and inclusion seems so hypocritical or so contradictory because when you say and do all of these things, But the reality is, you won't hire a African American coach for many of these organizations. It just rings hollow. And again, I think the NFL doesn't care much at all because all they care about is the money. So with that, gonna take time out. Come back on the other side with Reggie Brown. And we're going to talk some Miami Dolphins, get his take on that, because that's his team. We'll talk about that, get his take on the NFL playoffs and more. Also, coming up, a huge surprise at the end of the show. We may have a Lamont Award. We have uh, words from our sponsors, including this one, and then our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. All that and maybe more. Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Your children
2: are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned, and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit BrighterBrainSLearningCenter.org. Welcome back to Sports Talk. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at WaysWord. Be a part of the group on Facebook by
0: joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome back, and I want to get into our conversation with Reggie Brown, but first, a couple things. Computer update or website update, there's no real update. I did have an interaction with my website host, and I have to tell you, I am not proud of myself, but I was a horrible customer to deal with. I'm sure whoever Panama went home to had a story to tell about me. It's not that I was out and out rude or just that I was willfully ignorant of certain things and obtuse and hard, hard, hard to deal with. And along the way, as politely as I could, I told him that the company was trash. I didn't know what happened to them. We were good. And then it just went so, so bad. (laughs) So I have to figure it out. And I guess you guys can help me out if you have any suggestions. But, yeah, we are in a uh, situation with the website. I needed to redo it anyway. Just FYI, I did all of that myself. And I am not tech savvy at all. So if this website was clunky and lacked some sophistication, just blame it on my lack of skills. When you, uh, you know, you doing this, you're one man band. So I don't have a team yet. We aspire to get a team to make this happen. Don't have that. I'm it. I'm, I'm start, end, and finish. This whatever it is, I'm it. Uh, also, Georgia wins the national title on the college level, beating Alabama. And I will tell you this, man. Those dudes, you had some. Beast out there on defense. It was amazing on both sidelines on the defensive side of the ball. It was, it was. man, I'm telling you, you have some speed. A bunch of those guys are already going pro. And the other part of that is the receiver, the star receiver for Alabama went down with a blown ACL. And a few weeks ago, Kirk Herbstreit and Desmond Howard talked about, oh, these guys opting out of the bowl games, and they don't love the game. No, they understand the game. They get it. Why would I go to a meaningless ball and risk injury? And, again, you can get injured on the practice field, on the workout field, whatever. You can get injured anyway. At a wedding, if you're Keith Thelma's husband, ending his Chicago Bears career. Thank you, JJ, for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can get hurt anywhere. But why risk it? When you stand to lose hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, this young man is going to get his career off to a rough start because he has to undergo ACL surgery and repair that knee. And you're doing this while, presumably, you are under contract for NFL team. So your rookie year could be shot, or most of it, you won't be the same. Even if you're able to come back, you won't be 100% until your sophomore season in the NFL. Your second season in the league. So, this guy, and again, he should have. I mean, I'm all for guys playing in the national championship. But if you want to opt out, opt out. I mean, it's about business. And don't say you don't love the game, just tell them you understand the game. The game is to make as much money as you can. It's not about touchdowns. It's not about this and that. This is about securing the bag for you and your family and future generations. So with that, want to shift gears. Talk to our guy from the Special Teams Unit, former NFL wide receiver and all-around knowledgeable guy about the sport of football, Reggie Brown. Let's hear from him. Back again from the Special Teams Unit, Reggie Brown. How this afternoon, I am great, man. Excited to
1: be on the show. How about yourself?
0: Man, I'm doing well. A lot of uh, changes around the NFL. It's going to be playoff weekend. So I'm excited about that. I mean, it's that the time of year where you are excited about the playoffs, but know that the season is only weeks away from being over. But uh, a lot to look forward to. The first thing I thought about this week was you and your Miami Dolph. They fired Brian Flores, to me, inexplicable to fire him when he has a 4-2 record against Bill Belichick, two winning seasons for a franchise that hadn't been winning lately. What do you think? What, what's your thoughts? I mean, that's your team. Well,
1: I think it's unfortunate is what I think. He's a very good football coach. He, again, earned the right to coach the team another year. But I also think that synergy matters. And clearly, from the organization standpoint, he did not have synergy with Tua. There were some conversations about he didn't communicate well with the owner and the GM. And so when you really look at an organization, there has to be togetherness. That synergy has to be there. And unfortunately, the owner's not going to fire himself. And he believed, I suggest, more in the general manager. So Flores had to go.
0: Well, see, he, here's my thing. And I tweeted this. And I think you saw it. You were talking about him not getting along with Tua. Tua is a guy that you were trying to get rid of for Deshaun Watson. The Tua that may not even be there in the next couple of years. That Tua, you were. So y- you put more value on a quarterback that may not be your future then you do a a coach that's established the fact that yeah he can win in that division and he can put together winning seasons
1: well I think there are two things one from an organizational point Flores was pushing Watson but that doesn't mean everybody else was pushing it you know they were exploring it because the head coach wanted to explore it but The way that Tua was treated and some of the things that are coming out. And then it's not just about Tua. As I said, they clearly had some organizational issues and, you know, how we're going to go about our business. You know, who gets to pick the players, the general manager or the coach and all of those types of things. And, you know, Flores comes from Bill Belichick. If you want me to cook it, let me go buy it. And Miami clearly had a different philosophy. The general manager was going to pick the team.
0: Do you think he is, it seems like he's a high candidate still. Do you think that he will get another chance immediately?
1: Definitely. I mean, he he, he did a great job at Miami. I mean, he had, as a coach, he has some deficiencies in each of the three seasons with the Dolphins. They had the last part of the year. They played really, really well and were able to do some things. But his teams, at least in Miami, always start off slow and dig themselves in a hole and then have to struggle and fight to get through it. So he'll be a a hot commodity. You know, again, it's all about synergy. He has to go somewhere, I believe, that is going to let him run the show.
0: And as they make this move... What do you think that means for Tua? Who would you like to see get the coaching job in Miami? What direction would you like to see the organization go in?
1: You know, I personally like Josh McDaniel or Mike McDaniel. I like Caldwell from a standpoint of selling the organization. You know, Miami, over the last three or four coaches, have given the coach their first job. And so when you think about Adam Gase, Verano, Flores, you know, all of those guys were first-time coaches. And I think to settle the organization, they need an experienced coach. But there are some young guys out there that I like.
0: Well, also here in Houston, the Texans fired David Culley in less than 12 months. Of course, the team was 4-13 and on the season. But they got a lot of production out of the quarterback position. And they played some very Tough games. They had a couple huge upsets, beating Tennessee and uh, and the Los Angeles Chargers, and even really gave Tennessee another battle the last week of the season. They really truly played for this guy, despite the fact that they had so many things going wrong for them. Uh, what are your thoughts about the firing of David Culley? I
1: think that's really unfortunate. In my opinion, he earned the right to be the head coach of the Texans. You know, he took a team that was. You know, tanking quarterback issues with Deshaun Watson. You cut all your good players. You do all of those things, and he still builds his team. You know, they're great watches. You said they competed week in and week out. And he's proven that if he's given some tools, he may be a really good coach because he took a very bad team and at least made them respectable. When you played the Houston Texans this year, aside from a few games, you knew you were going to have to come out and play football. And it's unfortunate that they let him go, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and even during the course of the season, you got rid of some guys during the season. So they didn't do much to help him at all. And then, of course, that offensive line on no Larry McTunzel. So I was thinking about this because one of the names that is coming up are Brian Flores for the job and also McDaniel and Gerard Mayo, an assistant, former linebacker for the Patriots, assistant of Bill Belichick. And I thought about this, and I'll get your take on this. What's the best open job in the NFL right now. And I'll give you a rundown of what those are just off the top of my head. Jacksonville, you have Denver, Minnesota, Houston, and there are a couple more. Um, Who else? Who who am I missing? The Giants. Uh, What's the best coaching job available if you were a head coach?
1: Well, I really think that the Texans are. They have a lot of assets that they're going to get with the Deshaun Watson deal. They have a very good nucleus of a team with you know that cully helped build he helped build uh, a kind of culture over there that you fight you don't give in and I think you get a good coach again who is willing to put the work in Houston is a really really good Landers but I also think Chicago as well I mean I and but yeah, that that's was one I didn't
0: mention yes yeah.
1: That, that's because I think highly of Justin Fields. I think he's going to make the adjustment in the NFL. He, he's a good centerpiece to build your team around.
0: Well, see, this is where I go, and you can kind of give me your feedback on this. I said, Minnesota is the best job. In Minnesota, you have one of the better young receivers in the game, in uh, Jefferson. You have uh, an established. All pro in Thielen. You have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. You have Mattson backing him up. I mean, you're not crazy about the quarterback position, but you have uh, some solid pieces on defense. To me, that is a team that is ready to win. I think Chicago is going to take some time. I do think that Houston is going to take some time. And the Giants, I just wouldn't even go near that. What are your thoughts on that? And maybe even Denver. Denver's another team with chock full of really talented. Uh, wide receivers, nice tight end, great defensive pieces. Uh, what do you think?
1: Well, I really think, you know, when you think about it from a head coaching perspective, it really kind of goes with what are you trying to do? So like you said, Minnesota is an established team, right? And they, they have a, a certain culture over there. But do you want to deal with this quarterback issue? And how does dealing with that affect Your team in a lot of different ways. You know, they got some salary cap issues over there. Soon they're going to have to start paying people. And so when I think about it, I think about it from the standpoint of if you're a coach going to build something the way that you want it built. And with the Texans and Chicago. Those are teams that you can kind of structure and build them the way that you want to build them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sold on Justin Fields, and it's not his fault uh, entirely because, obviously, it seems like Mac uh, Nagy uh, didn't know what they wanted to do with him offensively. uh, The offensive line was absolutely horrible. Uh, The other job I, I think is a really good job, and it's surprising, but Jacksonville. If you look at the final week of the season, Trevor Lawrence is... I mean, we need to see what he's going to be. Also, that defense is really, really a nice defense. You got some really nice young pieces. They have a ton of money under the salary cap. They have a a ton of picks coming up. So what's your thought on the Jacksonville job? I mean, you you
1: got a budding young quarterback over there. Um, and, And a lot of times this year he struggled. But you know he has an it factor and he certainly has all of the tools. So again, I I think that you have to as a coach try to find fit. So for some coaches, Giants may be a good fit because they like the defense, you know, they like the running back, you know, so it just kinda depends on what you're looking at as a coach. And like I said I really like the idea of building something. And so that's why I, I lean toward the Texans.
0: Yeah. But you know, you don't get long in the NFL <laughs> to build. So, so you got to have something in the cabinet. <laughs>
1: that's what it stands for. Not for long.
0: Right. No doubt about that. So. so ex Cully that. I know. I, I feel bad for Cully, except I think he understood what it was. At this thing, he knew what it was. I think he has the right attitude about it. If it wasn't going to be this year, they were going to be closer to being a quality team, and I still think Casario and Jack Easterby were going to bring in somebody different. He got out. He got his money, and I think he'll have a, a – if he wants to coach again, I'm sure he, he can, but he also can retire now. He's 65 years old, so he can hang yeah. him up and live happily ever after. And So I want to ask you that, though, with Cully being fired, with Flores being fired only one African-American coach in the NFL. How can this be remedied, man? And what is it going to take to fix this situation?
1: Well, I, I think that you look at what happened to both of these coaches. Both of these African-American males earn the right to keep their jobs, and neither one of them have a job. Without getting into the racial part of it and all of this, you tend to think that this, if this was a white coach, he would not have lost his job. They would have found a way to work it out. And so we got to continue to work on our culture. You know, we got to really continue to value the work that people do. And you sometimes you, you got to be honest about what's going on. There are enough African-American coaches, and it's going to be interesting to see, particularly with Byron Leftwich, and be in yeah. Be in you know. That's going to be interesting to see because, again, you can't tell me that they haven't earned it.
0: So we'll have to see, and I think uh, at at least you have to believe one or two African-American coaches will will be named this year. And, and again, the issue is that 80% of the workforce is African-American, and you don't have enough of those people in positions of leadership. You hope that maybe Rick Smith, the former general manager for the Texans, gets another opportunity uh, at a front office job. We did see that Will McClay got a new deal as vice president of player personnel for the Dallas Cowboys. He's a, a prominent African-American that helped put together a lot of talent on that Dallas Cowboys team. So I want to ask you about this. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, opening weekend, there are three games on, well, it's two Saturday, three Sunday, and one on Monday. Monday night playoff football. Uh, let's go through some of these matchups and you give me. We'll sort of move through these uh, quickly. The Ve- Las Vegas Raiders. It's Cincinnati. Who you liking?
1: I like Cincinnati, man. They they've just been playing some good football. I'm not sure if Oakmaking can score with them. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with in these playoffs.
0: Well, the coldest game of the weekend, New England at Buffalo. The forecast are 14-mile-an-hour winds, a temperature of zero degrees, a minus 14 wind, wind, uh, wind chill factor. So it's going to be a cold, cold night in Buffalo. Those teams split. In the regular season, of course, that was the game uh, in Buffalo, last time they played in Buffalo, that Mac Jones only had three pass attempts for the entire game, and they beat Buffalo nonetheless. Who do you like in this matchup?
1: I think it comes down to what you said. They've played this game before, and Buffalo is going to have to get better to win this football game. New England and the style of football that they play is built for these types of games. And then you put in Bill Belichick, and it won't surprise me if Buffalo wins, but it's hard to count out a Bill Belichick team in this kind of environment that they're going to go play in.
0: Well, I mean, that's going to be a tough one. They really, I think that they elevated their level of play when they played them in the second game of the regular season. But again, like you said, this is is what – bill belichick lives for and we'll have to see and we'll have to see how weather will factor into it because it's going to be really really cold let's go to philadelphia at tampa we do know that fournette is practicing again maybe at some point he'll be eligible Uh, what do you think of that matchup? does philly have a chance jalen hurts and company can they run the football effectively enough to win a game at tampa
1: absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not man. Even with the injuries and the things that have happened with Tampa Bay, they still have a very solid football team. You know, they have enough with Mike Evans and certainly Fortnett plays, and then they got the goat man. So
0: yeah, uh, there's that. I'm gonna yeah. skip. I'm gonna skip the second game on Sunday because we're gonna do that one last. Next, I want to ask you, the Steelers. Hey, they. Probably shouldn't even be in the playoffs, depending on your perspective of overtime in Las Vegas Sunday night. But they're at Kansas City. They played earlier in the season. Kansas City just decimated them, just demolished them. Who do you like in this matchup and by how many? I mean, is it going to be a blowout or can Big Ben and company make it close?
1: Well, I, I look at it from a standpoint of Kansas City seems to some degree have lost their mojo. I've seen some games this year that they should have easily won, and they didn't play as well. But they have so much talent that if they play their game, they're gonna win. But I'm not sleeping on Pittsburgh. The brand of football that they play defensively, and with Watt and the free safety over there, the yeah, with Minka over there, you know, they play a good brand of football defensively. I fully expect Kansas City to win, but. I think Pittsburgh going to play him a lot tougher than people think.
0: Okay, Monday night. The Rams just looked so disappointing against San Francisco in the season finale. Arizona, not much better. I mean, this is a, a team, two teams, stumbling into the playoffs. Who do you like in that matchup on Monday night?
1: Man, that's a tough one right there. That may be the toughest one to pick because – Both of them have the opportunity to be very, very good football teams. You know, neither one of them are slouches. But as you said, they're both struggling and limping into the playoffs. If I had to say, I probably would would lean the Rams. I like McVay. I like the fact that they started running the ball, and I like their defense. Um, If they rattle quarterback, it's going to be a long day for Arizona.
0: Well, i tell you what, I like the Rams just because it's at home. They're at home. But, again, Matt Stafford, man, you can look so good and then so bad. I mean, it was almost a tell of two halves in that game. They got up to a fast start and couldn't finish at all. Ended up blowing that game to San Francisco, who earned their way into the playoffs. Final game, it's the San Francisco 49ers versus the, the Dallas. You can't trust them. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people want to know your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys. Will they be upset? I mean, a lot of people are high on San Francisco these days. Can they go into Dallas and win?
1: Again, it, on paper, Dallas should win this football game, right? Right. They have, they have more talent. They got talent all over the field you know they got a good uh, offensive coordinator, good defensive coordinator. They should win this football game.
0: So no if so the upset would would you pick any upset? What's the most likely upset? Is it New England at Buffalo? Is it Las Vegas at Cincinnati or is it San Francisco at Dallas? Which which one do you think had the best chance of uh, being an upset?
1: Just considering the conditions, I would say, New England okay. that, and, and Belichick. With, with San Francisco, again, this is a game on paper that Dallas should win. But when you play teams like San Francisco, who play the game the right way, who get after it, they give Dallas problems. That tough nose, hard football, Dallas not built for that. Dallas, in a lot of ways, want to finesse you.
0: If I had to pick up, said I'm thinking, believe it or not, maybe I could, I'm all the way off on this one. But this is a team that's been hot. They won a couple games they needed to win the last two weeks. I'm talking about the Las Vegas Raiders, they beat Indianapolis, then they come back and beat the Chargers in overtime. And I don't know. This is the you. You talked about this a few weeks ago. Cincinnati, you have to learn how to win in the playoffs. Not that the Las Vegas Raiders have any more playoff experience. But the pressure's all on Cincinnati. Vegas didn't have any pressure. They're on the road, no pressure at all. A, a coach that may or may not be coming back, I would say the upset is uh, would be Las Vegas over Cincinnati. Because Buffalo's well, New England, is that really upset at this point?
1: Well, I, I'll say this, just to go back to the Oakland game, that, you know, that car,
0: he, he, he's
1: an enigma, man. That dude, he got some fight in him, and, If he did it week in and week out, man, he would be phenomenal because he got some fight in him. And the way he leads teams back in the fourth quarter, I agree with you about Cincinnati. This is where you show grit. And we know Carr got some grit. So we'll find out about Cincinnati this weekend.
0: Final question. And this goes back to last weekend. Okay, in overtime. The Raiders have the ball. If they tie, both the Raiders and the Chargers are in. And it looked like the Raiders were just going to let the clock run out. And then the Chargers call a timeout with 38 seconds left. And after that, a big run play, a, a substantial run play by the Raiders, and they attempt the game-winning field goal. Now, I talked to some people say, said, oh, they should have just tied it. What are your thoughts on how that game transpired?
1: Well, the people who say they should have just tied it, I, I don't know what what to say about that. You you can't just try try to tie a game in the NFL. You gotta try to win. And so, you know, that that assumes the integrity of the league when you when you don't try to win the game. But I, I just thought it was one heck of a football game. I mean, they went at it tooth and nail and, you know, they fought and it was Interesting that the last game of the regular season came out like that. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed that football game.
0: Yeah, I was really rooting for Pittsburgh to get in and Mike Tomlin and Big Ben's last game. I was really rooting for them. And I thought, man, if the Raiders do not run another play here, if they come in and take a knee and tie this game, I think that people would have a fit. Because uh, you That's- talk about the integrity of the game. It would have been Awful, awful for the NFL uh, for that to happen. So, in many ways, the Raiders bailed the NFL out.
1: Yes, yes, they did. And they get in the playoffs. And, like you said, that's a great storyline for Pittsburgh to get in the playoffs. I wanted to see that as well. want to see what Big Ben looks like going out. I mean, you know, getting to the playoffs and knowing he's leaving. And just two weeks ago, he thought he was playing his last game, and now he's in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, that's that's a motivating factor right
0: there. Yeah. Well, like I said, man, there's a lot to look forward to, and we'll talk about it next week, man. We we'll certainly appreciate your time as always.
1: Hey, thank you, bro.
0: To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614.
2: Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832 757 7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. Don't get it twisted, no. see my
0: DJ DJ Anarchy on the mix. You definitely want to check him out on SoundCloud, on Instagram, around the city of Houston doing his thing, Soul Patrol. They have a good thing going, so you definitely want to check out him and what he does. We certainly appreciate him. But if you have music and you want it heard on the podcast, just email us, music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. We'd like it to be radio edit, but we will play any kind of music Any kind of mix from a DJ, if you're a fledgling DJ and you want your mix heard, we'll play a portion of the mix at the halfway point or a snippet of a song at the halfway point. And at the end of the show, we'll play an entire track or an extended portion of a mix. So again, music at wadeswordproductions.com. Bring it. We'd love to play your music. And uh, we played a little bit of everything, and I look forward to playing a lot more to get your music out to the folks who tune in by the thousands to this podcast shout out to athens georgia we had some georgia folks listening also to harrisburg pennsylvania omaha nebraska and also pearl mississippi want to say hello to folks in those cities that have been listening i just look at the numbers i don't know who's listening in those cities i just know that we have hits from those towns around the country of course h town holds me down in missouri city lamarck humble, uh, pair all those, my my folks here hold me down, but we also have an audience around the country and really around the world. So we certainly appreciate that. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the love. By the way, I have new mugs. I have coffee mugs. I'm a coffee head. I drink too much coffee, but I have the sports talk with Devin Wade mugs. Did I tell you all that? I didn't share that. I'm going to work on how we're going to get that to you. If you want to purchase those, Make a contribution. And as a token of our appreciation, we will give you a mug. You, I mean, because we're not selling mugs, but we will extend a mug to you if you make a financial contribution of a certain amount to us. To keep us going and growing. You know, we're not balling out, but that'll keep us going and get us the things that we need. Also, the beer pay. You can go to Sports Talk with Devin Wade on LaBearpay if you want to make a contribution to the podcast at any time. To those who have, Ray Miller, Errol Wilkes, uh, a few other, Pernanel Harvey, a few folks who've made those contributions, man, love that. There are several more and I have not mentioned, but I want to thank them for always being down for the cause and looking out for your boy and helping us do the things that we need to do to make sure we can have a uh, product for you. So we certainly appreciate that with that. Here's the surprise. Are you ready for the surprise? I know you're ready for the surprise. If you listen to sports talk with Devin Wade on KTSU, you know that my co-host was my brother biscuit. Folks ask me all the time. Where's biscuit? When is he going to be back on the podcast? He's not committed to much. We got him to come aboard and do a f- segment that we used to do called the Warm Flores entertainment moment. Insert intro here, except I don't have an intro yet, but we will get an intro for the segment. We can't use the old intro. I don't think, I don't even know where that would be, but yeah, we'll have an intro for this segment where we talk a little bit about entertainment or something other than sports. Because I know that I am not one-dimensional, and I know that you are not one-dimensional. So we had him come aboard, and we talked about some of the losses in the world of entertainment. Who I did not mention was Betty White. And I will tell you this, that part got edited out. I am trying really hard not to get canceled. So, And again, not that it was anything derogatory towards her. It was just the context of the conversation. So, (laughs) I thought better of it. So, I will say this. We love Betty White. And also, the thing that she's doing or what they're doing to celebrate her birthday is on January 17th, which would have been her 100th birthday, they're asking folks to donate $5 to a local animal shelter. So, that would be amazing. You know, I I have shelter animals. Well, I have one. One was thrown away he wasn't thrown away but he was about to be and I got him and I see why because he is a boy he is something to deal with but I will say this I love shelter dogs uh, rescue animals and um and I think that man for Betty White on, on her behalf to donate $5 to a local animal shelter would be amazing but we did mention her and you won't hear that and also we did not talk about Ronnie Spector who passed away as well James and May. Some folks in the music industry have passed away, and uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about those. But we did get a chance to talk about a couple of them. So, without further ado, his biscuit in the warm floors entertainment moment. told you guys i have a surprise for you new year and i think we're going to revive an old segment from the old sports talk with devin wade on ktsu i'm bringing in biscuit my brother biscuit how are you biscuit i'm good how are you good i mean hey you know i talk to you all the time but the folks have not heard from you and people still ask for you on the radio and on the podcast so we are glad that you are here and i think we're going to revive a little segment that we call the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment. Now, let me explain to folks what that is. Exactly what that is, is we had the sports talk show, right? As you recall. Mm-hmm. I do. Following our show, it would be the Juan Flores Jazz Latino Show. Phenomenal curator of Latin jazz. The dude is the the truth. And he came up to us. He was like, okay, we did the segment at the end of the show where we honored actors from old black television shows. I mean, we right. went. And we deep- were
3: always late. We we were always impending on his time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Homage. (laughs) We uh, named it
0: after him. Yeah, because he was like, well, you know. What does that have to do with sports? So I said, you know what? <laughs> We're going to turn this around and make this about him. <laughs> so the one for his entertainment moment. I'm going to have to do a re- re- redo a intro for the segment. But I will tell you this. A lot has been going on. We've had a lot of loss in the world of entertainment. Let's start with Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. And so, what, I mean, obviously 94 years old, a legend. I mean, he's right. transformational. Do you have a favorite Sidney Poitier uh, movie?
3: um you put me on the spot here uh because he's like way before my
0: time but uh in the heat of the night great movie that's my actual favorite but right behind that is let's do it again now do you know Mm. how culturally significant that is because i mean it was done for the culture do you want to know how how significant let me tell you some of the things that went on in that movie jane Mm -hmm. kennedy which again, you don't know, but you need to Google her. Jane Kennedy was in the movie. She opens the movie. George sure. Foreman was in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's the first time we heard the phrase Biggie Smalls. There was a character, Biggie Smalls. Right. And then, of course, Bootney Farnsworth, and, and, and the soundtrack was done by the staple singers. It was Sidney Poitier who directed, Bill Cosby. It was my man, John Amos, Kansas mm-hmm. City Mac. Calvin Lockhart, he was Biggie Smalls. I mean, it was a great, great movie. So, have, have you seen it before, right?
3: I've seen it numerous times. Yes.
0: That's, I mean, and then J.J. Uh, J. Jimmy Walker's in that, <laughs> so,
3: right? My favorite character was the the trainer.
0: You know, the train Bootney Farnsworth's yeah. trainer. Know. Bootney, you got some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know his name. I guess we'll have to, have to honor him with one of these segments. So there you go. So uh, he he's gone, not forgotten. I mean, legend. And also, we lost Bob Saget, and of course, he was from Full House. Right? That was <laughs> that was more your generation, right? Right. Yes, for sure. How, what were your feelings about him as a TV dad?
3: um i mean it was really the show was more about the kids so i mean i don't know like on the show it wasn't like oh he's you know he's the dad like it was just you know you had joey and uncle jesse and you know just had the whole cast so it was more of an ensemble kind of thing than focusing on him being the dad unlike you know like family matters or or something else like that you know when, when i got older and understood that he was like a like a blue comic you know that was kind of shocking yeah, yeah really mean, really really raunchy comic right but and i was surprised to know i mean he was 64 years old which is i mean young of course but like i just you know never would have thought he was that old so that that was the surprising thing to find out for me that he was you know in his 60s so you know because he seemed he, he didn't seem to really age i mean he, you know from when he was younger i mean yeah he gained a couple pounds or whatever but who doesn't when they get older so it wasn't like It just, to me, it it just seemed like he was around 40 or 50 or or whatever around that age. So, so that was surprising to me.
0: So here's my deal. And, And from all accounts, he was the greatest guy, fellow comedians and folks in the industry loved him and talked about his generosity and his sharing. Here's my only issue. And maybe you can, you know me, I can go, I can go deep with this stuff. So here's my issue. They are calling him America's dad. So okay. how you just gonna take that from Heath Huxtable like that? How you just gonna jack that from him? Okay, now are we? Look, I, okay, hold on. You don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Everybody. No, no, like, no. But, but we're talking about the character. Bill Cosby. Bill
3: Cosby. But, I mean, yeah, but they are synonymous. Like you can't, you know.
1: You, you can't separate. I can't se- Danny
0: Tanner. You know what I mean? Like and Bill Cosby is, I'm, but Clip I'm not Huckstable. talking about the man. I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about the father. Oh, I mean, is that just? Is, is, is we just can't do? It's like it's R. Kelly.
3: Hey, man, I'm, you I'm just not can't listen to get the music no more.
0: culture. I'm not trying to, you know, be canceled.
3: So, uh, yeah, Danny Tanner is. is America's dad. So Danny
0: dad. Tanner now is America's dad. What about yes. Mr. Drummond? I <laughs> mean, we got to come up with somebody. Come on, man. It's other TV dads. I don't know. I mean my three uh, sons. The dad on
3: webster is 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 my fault. alex
0: cares firm of detroit yeah. line see so you it yeah, always comes back. so again i'm not uh, i'm not exonerating i'm not saying anything about the legal stuff i'm just talking about the character so this, so it's our Kelly thing. We we can't step in the name. Oh, love see, see,
3: what are you trying to do? No, 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 I'm, no, no. I'm saying, I'm
0: saying, we are we are not separating. You are naming those who shall not be named. <laughs> what are you doing right now? Well, maybe this is the last podcast. Maybe, but no. oh Okay, so no. The question always is uh, the essential question is: Do you separate art from the artist? Because I mean, in some cases, we do. Just We've depend, not canceled man. Woody Allen. Just saying. It, uh, I
3: mean, I, I mean, that's a moot point for me. But I, that's a tough one. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a, a, a it's really a, it's a
0: grand, one. but it just struck me as like this man just got stripped of the title. <laughs> I mean, not him, but the character now, again. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're not separating the the, the man from the from the character so i don't know i was just wrong about that. so i don't
3: know i mean you know you hear about people on tv shows and stuff like that getting accosted in public because of what their character did so you know people get really attached to these characters and and it becomes real to them so
0: okay it's it's hard to separate them so it's official now danny tanner is is america's dad (laughs) <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> him and Alex Carroll, man. That's, it. that's it right there. Man, I'm, I'm gonna put my bid in for for Mr. Drummond, man. What about Mike Brady? Mike Brady? Mike Brady's uh, America. Day. He has six kids.
3: Well, Carl Winslow too. I mean, the same same era as Danny Tanner. But he you know, lost Danny a
0: girl. daughter. A da- Vail Johnson. But I'm saying they they lost a the daughter. They had two daughters and one just disappeared. Well, you know, <laughs> that happens. <laughs>
3: then you got you got the, the resurgence of the first prince, so you got Uncle Phil, you know. So you have some some some,
0: some candidates. P-
3: Maybe that should be a poll question.
0: Right. Who should be America's dad?
3: Who's America's dad? Because yes. it
0: damn sure ain't Danny Tanner. But, but again, <laughs> I, I'm older, so I don't really, that was not my thing. You know what I mean? Right. And right. I have You're seen
3: stuck in the 70s, so yeah, I understand. Well,
0: I mean, 80s, too. <laughs> you know, so well, hey, that's all we needed from you. And we hope to have you back for another edition of the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment. All
2: right. Thanks for having me. To have your comments heard, call eight three
0: two Am I canceled yet? I'll tell you what I did do. I did ask folks on the sports talk with Devin Wade page, who is America's TV dad? Okay. Now it wasn't just me. A lot of folks who were listening said, Hey, it's Dr. Huxtable. At at least it was. Some people said, well, at least it was. And some people say, Hey, I'm rolling with him regardless. So maybe I won't get canceled for that. It's not. Okay. Again, I understand the gravity of all the allegations, And I get all of that. But I'm talking about the character. The character. (laughs) That's what I was talking about. So, nonetheless, it's time for a segment that we call The Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preserver and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The LeMond Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy. Well, let's go to the world of tennis where the number one player in the world on the men's side, Novak Djokovic, went to Australia to play in the tournament. He was the number one seed in the tournament, except for one thing. My man ain't vaccinated and my man didn't go through proper protocol. And Australia said, get your up out of here. And and that's what they've done. Well, they did it. Okay. So here, let me, let me just sort of go through all of this. Initially he put in for the exemption and he got it. Then he got to Australia and they're like, Whoa, Whoa, homeboy, slow your roll. You're not coming in here. And so then it went through the courts I don't understand the intricacies of the Australian court system, but initially he was allowed. So I guess he's getting ready to do what he's doing. After he was exiled, he was sort of uh, secluded and uh, isolated until he could get out of there or resolve the legal issues or whatever. So what ended up happening was, okay, he's back in. Except, no, he's not. And the reason why is he lied. And he lied about when he was sick because he did get covid And I want to say he had it twice, but he did get COVID and he did not get a shot. He did not get a vaccine. And I guess he wants to flaunt in front of the whole world. Oh no, I'm not getting the vaccine. Okay. We got you. Now you could have got away with that here in the United States, but Australia's like, get your out of here with that. We're not trying to hear it. And for that reason, when you lie to the people, you going all over to all these public events that you later called a mistake, you didn't want to get the shot. Got kicked out of Australia. So you missed the first major of the year. When you're in this competition to try to establish yourself as the greatest tennis player of all time, you're out. And rightfully so. Get the shot. He's not going to do it, but you won't get the Australian title this year either. So with that and for that, Novak Djokovic, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. (laughs) (laughs) of people out there that agree with him and to those people i say hey do your own podcast and you can rebut that but i'm not because i'm about public safety and i'm about my fellow man i'm about you guys so when i wear a mask it's for you guys i'm doing that for my fellow citizens because i want this to go away so we can live a good healthy life and i love all of the folks who listen to the podcast and all the folks who listen to me on the radio so i love you guys I want you to be okay I really do want you to be okay. I'm not trying to control you. I don't believe it. Whatever. I'm not getting too deep into that. And I know some folks will disagree. Be like Kyrie. If you're not vaccinated, just sit by that. Say, okay, well, I'm not vaccinated. I'm not going to Australia. Be about it. I can respect Kyrie for that. Although they've let him back in and we will get into some NBA stuff soon. But I will tell you this. Be about it. Don't try to have your cake and eat it too. Don't try to play games, man. People are dying, bro. This is not a joking kind of thing. But you are a joke, and you are a big dummy. With that, before I let go. Before I let go, hey, wanna thank Biscuit. Wanna thank our guy Reggie Brown. Want to thank DJ Anarchy, our sponsors, Brighter Brains, and my band Cobank Holmes. In addition to that, want to thank each and every one of you. Please continue to listen, like, subscribe, tell your friends, share it on social media whenever you can. We certainly appreciate that. We have a ton of great guests coming up in 2022. A lot of fun stuff we want to do. Can only do it with you. Wanna remind you: call us on the sports line, 832 832- 941-6614, 832-941-6614. Or you can also hit us on the Sports Talk with Devin Way group page on Facebook or the fan page. Either one of those ways on Twitter at Wade's Word. But if you can't remember any of that, please remember these four things.
2: Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.